0: See that you are not alarmed, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. I mean, the war was over, and we wouldn't have to go. You will listen to your brother, won't you, Edmund? Promise me you'll look after the others. I will, Mum. Good man. You go. Bye, bye, okay, that's so one of the hardest things is going to be not speaking for four hours on this because there's so much stuff that is here. Uh, and how many of you are Narnian, your Narnians, or your Narnia fans? Okay, uh, not well, about maybe about half, or some of you don't know. I'm not gonna, not taking a test or anything. It's okay. You know, I just kind of wondered, you know, how much, how much setup we need to do. Okay, uh, those of you who are Narnia fans, you know this is from the first movie. Actually, uh, this is the very first scenes of the first movie, and from the first book uh, called "The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe." But uh, we're kind of going to back up a little bit there before we get into uh, really some, some clips. I have some clips from the new movie that is uh, premiering this Friday, and then also the next couple of weeks we're going to do that as well. But we had to back up here because we've got to give a little point of reference for those people who've never read the books or never seen the movies, okay? So we've got to back up. But the, there's something really important I want to talk to you about from this clip. Uh, the very first clip we saw. So that's why we're kind of starting right there. Uh, but let me, let me just say just a little bit something about this whole series because some people may say, why, you know, why would you use uh, fantasy to you know, try and preach? You know, preaching you know, pre- on you know, pre- you know, fantasy or whatever? Well, you know, have you ever... Read the stories that Jesus told? Have you ever read his parables? I mean, that's what he did, right? Is he, he took things and explained things to people through parables, things that they would understand. Or how many of you, maybe you've had a dream. You ever, I had somebody call me this week. They had, had a dream in the middle of the night. They started sharing it with me, and they said, I know God was speaking to me, and there were some weird things that happened in that dream. And you know what? You know what it, it, it made me realize is that it's the weird things that happen in those dreams that make us say, oh, wait a minute, that maybe God's speaking to us, right? I mean, when things are just... Normal, you don't really pay attention, right? But when something happens abnormal, like a burning bush, you know, well then, oh, wait a minute, you know, you start paying attention to those kinds of things. That's remember that happened to Moses in the Book of Exodus. See, it's those weird things, those fantasy kind. And if you really, and if you want to think about fantasies, teaching and preaching from fantasies. Have you ever read the book of Revelations? I mean, the whole thing is like you know dragons, and it's you know it's like all these beasts you know that, that are that are imagined that are uh, described by John, and so the whole thing is like that, and so yeah, and, and as well also the uh, uh, the book of uh, of Daniel's got a lot of that in there. So this whole thing, you know, the the whole thing of the Bible is a lot of that, and so C.S. Lewis, C.S. Lewis. Uh, Christian author who uh, wrote the Chronicles of Narnia, uh, along with a lot more books. Some people think that's all he ever wrote. No, he wrote a lot of books. And, uh, and he, saw, he saw this as an opportunity to actually share the gospel message. And through these books, which are now being made into movies, the gospel message is being presented. And I want to present some of this to you today. I want to share some of these things with you and uh, talk to you about Narnia and talk to you about your own personal Narnia. We all need to kind of visit our Narnia every once in a while. And we'll talk about that in just a moment. Let's have a word of prayer, though. And get into the message, and I'll see some more clips and talk about this one we've already seen, and see some scriptures. Well, Father, I thank you, God. I thank you, God, for your blessings in my life. God, you you have been so real to me this week, Lord. Uh, you've proven yourself to me. You didn't owe it to me, but you did it anyway. You've proven yourself to me. Your your grace, your mercy, your care, your love, your power, your strength, your healing power. And God, uh, I know there's somebody sitting here today, God, that they need you to prove that to them too. There's something going on in their life, Lord, that they need. And God, I know who some of them are. I know that there are several, God. That they really need you to minister to them in, in a powerful way today. They need you to do something special, Lord. And, and I just pray that uh, that you take your opportunity. God, we're here. We're here to hear from you. We're here to minister, be ministered to by you, God. And I pray, take your opportunity, take your privilege right now to do that. And God, let's pray you stir us, Lord, and uh, encourage us in this time that we have together. Draw us closer to you, in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. So Narnia, who, where's this Narnia at? Well, it's Narnia, this Narnia, it's a fictitious world. It's one C.S. Lewis made up. It's, it's, there's not a real world out there named Narnia, okay? Uh, but it's a fictitious world that he made up, and it symbolizes the spirit realm. And, uh, the spirit realm that, you know, we kind of understand a little bit about that. Well, that's what you need to understand about Narnia. It is a parallel that he's drawing. It's a, it's a parable that he is telling about the spirit realm. And we, uh, need, we can focus on that in scripture as well. The book of John, Jesus says that, uh, his kingdom is not of this world. And this is right before he was going to be crucified. He said, if my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would fight to prevent my arrest by the Jewish leaders. Okay, but here, here's something he says. Sometimes we, 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 uh, Don't catch this. We think, yeah, he says it's not of this world, it's of heaven. But but look what he says right here. He says, but now my kingdom is from another place. Now I looked just to make that word, make sure that word now was really there. And I don't mean just in the NIV or the King James. I, I, I looked. I wanted to make sure that word now was really there because it's like what he said. Now my kingdom is from another place, meaning that hey, his kingdom's on the move. Uh, his oh, that's some of you Narnian fans. You get that, don't you? Aslan is on the move, uh, but his kingdom is on the move. It's not in this one place. So, so here's what we've got: is is, is there are there are there are two places, and and he says. I'm not. My kingdom is not in this place, but there's another place. But and not to get too far ahead of ourselves. But there is also another place for or, for us in eternity. But he said, right now, in this this last word, place right here uh, can also be translated side. And so he's saying my kingdom is not of this side, but it also can be translated realm. When he's, and he is saying, my kingdom is not of this realm. This is what Christ is saying. He said, my kingdom is not of this realm, but it is of another realm. There's another realm out there. And you and I, we recognize it as the spirit realm and we have to connect with that spirit realm. And, and so you were just introduced in in the first clip to uh, four kids who play prominent roles in the first Three movies that were made, the first three books that that he wrote, uh, and, and the one that's coming out coming out right now. You just were introduced to Peter and and uh, uh, Susan and Edmund and Lucy and uh, is. The, and as they are the prime characters of, of these, first, uh, these first three movies and in their lives. And here's, here's what uh, uh, C.S. Lewis does in the very first book, in the very first page. If you read the very first page, and, of course, you saw the very first scene of the of the airplanes that were bombing uh, England. When, when we look at this, you, you know, I mean, this is a work of fiction, right? So C.S. Lewis could have chosen any point in history, for these four kids to have been from, he could have put them in any place in history, in any place in the world, any time, any situation. And, and here's what he chose, because he's wanting to prove a point to us. Here's what he chose: he put them in one of the worst times he could imagine in England during World War II, when the Germans were bombing, and uh, and you know, in kids and parents, you know, they would have to in the middle of the night they'd have to run to the, to the bomb shelters to protect themselves. And then, uh, uh, you know, desperate times call for desperate measures, and in England they actually, during World War II, two they had this uh, uh, they had this one program they had that, that people who had large uh houses out in the country that they would allow kids from the city where the bombing was happening, they would allow them to come and live with them for the rest of the war. And that's what was happening is why they were loading up on the, on the train. They were leaving their mom. Their dad was at war. And so they're leaving their mom. Their dad was already gone and, and they were going to live with somebody they had never met, somebody they didn't know, somebody that the government had arranged for them to live with. And, and you know, if you, if you look at what they're going going through and dealing with, you, you say, "My goodness, what a, it would be horrible to live in such a day as that." And so he chooses this moment to 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 put as context to put the story in. This is what these kids are living living with. And sometimes we forget, and we think, you know, life is just hunky dory. I mean, this this world is just awesome, and everything is perfect. You know, nobody has any problems. It's so easy to forget that there are kids in this world that don't get Christmas. It's so easy for us to just lay down at night, you know, say, man, I ate too much and forget that a lot of kids went hungry that night and didn't have something to eat before they went. It is it is easy for us to buy a dollar, a dollar and a half bottle of water or just walk, walk down the hallway and get a free drink of water out of our water fountain and it's even cool for you as well or go to your kitchen in the middle of the night and turn on the tap and boom you've got water it's so easy for us to forget have a cool drink of water just at our disposal like that or be willing to pay a dollar dollar and a half and and not realize that kids are dying all over this world today because there's not any fresh drinking water in their country it's it's easy for us to forget that and that is one of the things that C.S. Lewis is trying to draw our attention to, which is something that the Word of God wants to draw our attention to. You and I were not created to live in this kind. Con- this is not the world God created. We might look around, we might act like it is a great world, and, and listen, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a fatalist here and say everything, you know, is, is horrible, but, but this is not the world God created for us to live in. Go back to Genesis and you will see what God created for us to live in. It was a garden of Eden. I mean, you and I, we still use that phrase to mean the most beautiful, awesome place that you could ever be in your life. That's what God created us to live in. But what do we live in? Galatians says this is what we live in. This is the world we live in. Uh, now the deeds of the flesh are evident, which are immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, outbursts of anger, disputes, dissensions, and factions. Envying, drunkenness, carousing, and things like these, of which I forewarn you just as I have forewarned you, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. This is the world that you and I live in. Hey, it's not just a bed of roses. It's not just a wonderful place to live in. People are out there trying to kill one another over $5. People are out there trying to destroy one another's life just for a little bit of power. People are out there doing... Doing despicable things to one another, and, it, and it's not the world that Christ created, and but there is a world that He wants us to live in, and we're going to get to that one of these days. But even during this time, there is another place, there is another realm. His kingdom is not of this world, and we've got to focus on getting into that realm. So here's the story. Here's what happens, and in, in, in the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe is the first is the first uh, movie, the first book. And, and here's what happens in this first story is, is they end up being transported into Narnia. They go through this wardrobe. They're, they're, they're hiding and and they go through this wardrobe. Boom! All of a sudden, they find themselves in a different world, another place. And that sounds weird. That sounds strange. But you know, if you got time, let's talk about this afternoon. I can tell you a whole lot of weird, sound, strange sounding things that has happened in the lives of Christians. They find themselves in this Narnian world and and, and they uh, get involved in a war with the enemies of Narnia and they help. They help the Narnians defeat the enemies. They are crowned as kings and queens, and they rule for 15 years in Narnia. For 15 years. Now, is that a long time? Now, anybody over my age or older might say, ah, it's not a real long time. But when you're 8 years old, 15 years is a long time, isn't it? It's twice as long, pretty much, as you have lived. And that's how old Lucy was. Even, uh, even Peter, the oldest, was 13 years old. And so by the time they had finished these 15 years in Narnia, they had lived in Narnia longer than they had lived on this earth. And you know what? When you, when you live somewhere for long enough time, it's easy to forget what things are really like. And I think that's where we get to sometimes, is we forget that God has better for us than this. Well, to flip that over, they forgot some things as well. They grew up. They became the kings and queens, and they grew up. And they kind of forgot what life was like before until one day. catching my breath well that's all we'll catch at this rate what did he say against susan you girls wait to the castle i'll get the stag myself <laughs> 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 what's this seems familiar as if from a dream or a dream of a dream Ooh. Lucy! Again? Lou? Come on! <sighs> These are branches. Ah. The goats. Oh, Susan, they're on my... Any time the <laughs> it. you want! Jesus, get Hold on. not on your believe us if we told you so try me you've seen the beginning and the ending of the first movie the first book now this this is what this is what it's about and and uh, you know the story is great there's a lot of stuff that's in there that's really important but of course we don't have time for all that but here's the gist of what we're trying to learn what we're trying to figure out today what I think C.S. Lewis wants us to know about Narnia, what what God wants us to know as well, is that there is another world for you to dwell in. There is another world for you to live. And we forget that world. It's says there's a spirit realm. And it, if we get caught up so easily in all the fleshly stuff going on around us, the physical world, the carnal things, and we forget about this world. Now, and... We've got to live both of them at the same time, and, and, and it seems to be that we have a hard time as, as humans figuring this out. It seems like most people can either, they either live the flesh, carnal, sinful world, or they live this spiritual world. And we used to say when I was growing up, that guy, he's so heavenly minded. He's no earthly good. You know what I'm talking about? I mean, he lived in this spirit realm so much, you know, he wasn't any good here on this, on this earth, but you got to live both because it's important that you have both because we actually have to live here. You breathe here. Okay. You know, you don't breathe in the spirit realm. You breathe here. You know, you eat here. If you don't breathe, you don't eat, you're going to die. But you've got to do those things, but we've got to focus again on getting into the spirit realm. And that's where they had been for 15 years, but they come back through and, and, and they re enter the earth through the, sa- through the same portal, that this wardrobe that they brought through. And, and uh, this portal was their, or this wardrobe was their portal that got them into Narnia in the first place. Got them. And, and I thought, you know, I, I don't know what he meant, all these things, because he didn't explain all the things and people, I mean, there have been all kinds of books written on what in the world he meant, but I mean, there's symbolism as well, right there, is how do you get to the spirit realm in the wardrobe? I mean, there, that's symbolic, got to be symbolic of the prayer closet, right? And I mean, the, the professor, when he shows up, the guy that owns the house where they've been living, you know, because of the war, he shows up and it's just a second has gone, uh, you know, they went to hide in the wardrobe. They end up in Narnia for 15 years and when they come back through the wardrobe, boom, they're right back in the place they were and, and right back at the time they were. 15 years have passed in another realm. No time has passed right here and, and, and the professor, and the professor asks, what were you doing in the wardrobe? Oh, and if, if, they did end up telling him, and you know what they were telling him? They were telling him about the connection they made with another world. What are you doing in your prayer closet? You know, and you know the answer needs to be. Let me tell you what's been happening in this other world in my life. Uh, that, that thing of the time. There's there's several things I want to point out to you here. This thing of the time is that they were on a totally different time schedule in Narnia than they are here. You know, and just like me and you, we're on a totally different time schedule than God. Don't we try to talk God into hurrying? You know, anybody ever try to talk God into hurrying? Okay, a few of you shaking your head finally at me. I'm like, hey, listen, I, I'll, I'll, honest with you, I'll, I'll confess, I've tried to talk God, I've tried to tell God he had a deadline. Guess what? He didn't have a deadline. You know what? Because God doesn't have to deal with deadlines. He just changes the circumstances. He just changes the situation, you know. Uh, the bill collector can say it's due today. God can fix all that and everything else can change in another way. You know, the doctor can say if it doesn't happen by today, they don't have any hope. God can change all those kinds of things, you know. And, and, and we've got to realize that the spirit realm is on a different time schedule than, than the one that you and I are. Uh, the, They were gone for so long. Here's the cool thing about this. They were gone for so long, they absolutely forgot all about the other world. That's amazing to me. Fifteen years is a long time, but it's not long enough to forget everything, is it? You would think sometime in those fifteen years that that one of them would say, hey, you remember that lamppost that we first saw right when we first came into Narnia, when we came through the wardrobe? You'd think they'd talked about that some, but there's something going on. Maybe maybe Narnia was just so awesome and wonderful and their life there was so great they didn't even talk about the, the lamppost. They didn't even talk about the wardrobe. They didn't even talk about the war in the other world. They lost sight of it almost completely. And you know what? The same is going on for me and you too. You know what's going to happen one day? God has an awesome place for us, another place. and not talking about just the spirit realm. There is a place that he is preparing for us in eternity with him. And, and he talks about it in Scripture where it says, but as it is written, eye has not seen nor ear heard nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God hath prepared for those that love Him. God has prepared awesome things for me and you're there, awesome things. And, and these things are so awesome. Another place in Scripture it says that God is going to create a new heaven and a new earth and it's going to be so wonderful that the former heaven and new earth is not going to be remembered nor even come into our mind. We're going to be like these kids growing up. And, and you know what? There's so much that's happening here in our life that you think is so important and and so many bad things that are happening to your family or happening in your finances or happening in your health. And you think these things are so important, but God has created such awesome stuff that we've not even been able to dream that one of these days you're going to totally forget just about everything that has happened in these few years that you have lived here on this earth. That's an, it's an awesome thing that God is going to, as he said, he will wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know why it's going to be so awesome? We're not even going to remember this. I remember there was an old song when I was growing up that we used to sing that said, just one glimpse of him in glory will all the troubles of this life repay. That, you know, all the junk that we've had to go through is just going to be wiped away when we see all this glory of all the stuff that he's prepared for us that love him that we can't even imagine yet so there's there's this there's this issue then the you know the, the the time and the and the place issue but then there's also this issue of the wisdom you think about it, these kids automatically now they're 8 10 12 and 13 all over, over again but a, a few minutes later they were 15 years older and in those 15 years they had fought battles they had fought wars And they had ruled as kings and queens. They had a lot of wisdom. And you know what? When they came back, they remembered all of that and they had wisdom. So now they come back to this earth into their time and they're operating with a different maturity. They're in a different maturity level than they were when they left just a second ago in this world because they've been in another world. Oh, and look at this, Galatians, we were in Galatians a few moments ago, back up uh, just a few verses before it, and it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, okay, walk by that other spirit realm, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit, the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with each other so that you are not to do whatever you want. But if you are led of the Spirit, you are not under the law. So what he is saying to us is, hey, there's some stuff out there in the spirit world that you pick up, you learn, you understand that God teaches you. When you come back to this fleshly world, okay... You know, it's we're kind of really spirit minded here today. But tomorrow we gotta to live that flesh world, don't we? I mean, tomorrow the boss is gonna show up, you know, tomorrow the teacher's got you know, got a problem with, you know, the way I'm comb I've combed my hair or something today. I meant, you know, something's not gonna be right tomorrow. And when you get to that place, what do you do? You don't lose everything. Like they didn't lose all of the understanding and wisdom they gathered in the spirit realm. What you gotta do? You gotta use that. You gotta keep walking in the spirit so that you don't fulfill all the lust of the flesh and you don't live Live under the law. you got to hang on to this. And so God gives us this. And this is one of the reasons, two of the reasons now I've told you, of why it's important for you to live in the spirit realm as well as this physical realm. But a third one is this. And it was there when when the professor said, said, "Uh, what have you been doing in the wardrobe? They look around and Peter says, you wouldn't believe us if we told you. And he says, try me. And so they tell him, they tell him what, what's been going on in their life. They share with him. And so here's, here's the other reason that you need to live in the spirit realm as well as the physical realm is you need to have a testimony, a witness of what God does in your life. And and sometimes that's because you're going to come in contact with people that have never heard the gospel message whatsoever. And so you need to be, let me tell you about Jesus. But other other times it's just the people sitting next to you on the chair Hey, I, I could right now, some of you that's got a good story, I could connect you with somebody right now sitting right here in this place that need to hear a good story. They need to hear that God is still God. They need to hear what great, wonderful, awesome things that He's doing and what He's done in your life. So, so when, when you get in your, you know, you get into that spirit realm, maybe here we worship, we have a great time. Hey, wh- when you got to come back to the real world and get out, there, don't forget your testimony and your witness. Don't forget the good things that God has done for you, but come, come right back into the, into this physical world and be ready to say, well, let me tell you what we've been doing in the war. Let me tell you what I've been doing in my prayer closet. Let me tell you what God has, has done for me. Let me tell you what He's shared with me. But there are a whole lot of those out there that have never heard the message. And you know, this, this is the Christmas season, right? And, and, and I can't help but think about Luke chapter two right here. There were in the same country, shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night, and then what? An angel of God appeared to them, and the glory of God shined all around them, and they were afraid. Now, wait a minute. That sounds like a Narnian experience to me. All of a sudden, you know, they're, wow, hey, wait a minute. Something from another world has just shown up right here. The spirit realm and the the physical realm have come together, and they have met on this night. And the angel, what did the angel tell them? The angel told him about a baby in a manger. No, the angel didn't. He said, unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And when, these, when they said Savior, when the angel said Savior to the shepherd, the shepherd knew what the angel was talking about because they had been waiting on the Messiah. They knew the stories and the scriptures and the prophecies of the Messiah. So what the angel was saying was not just that a baby's being born, but the angel was saying, hey, now God has shown up. The spirit world and the physical world are coming together here tonight, and God has shown up in a stable in Bethlehem right now. Man, what a Narnian experience. And so if you think this is kind of weird and strange, well, there's a whole lot of weird and strange that happens because if you think these things are weird and strange, it's because you're living only in the physical world. And if you're only living in the physical world, then there is a whole lot of weird and strange that happens in other people's lives that are living in the spirit world as well. You have to connect with both of those. So here we got a picture in a moment. I'm going to show you this next clip. And it is a picture of someone who is only living in the physical world. And they can't see these things. You know, can you just imagine the shepherds? One of the things they do is they leave the stable that night and they start telling everybody else. Word of God says they do. They start telling everybody else. Now, there are some people that hear them that want to pick up the phone you know, and call, you know, and get a, a straight jacket for them. But, you know, they've got to be telling that story on down the line say, hey, let me tell you what these crazy shepherds told me last night happened in the sky just outside of Bethlehem. Let me tell you what they said they met, who they said they met in, in a stable in Bethlehem. And, but do you know how they say, though, that no, uh, bad publicity is still publicity? You know, it's still good publicity. It's just to get it out there is no such thing as, as bad publicity. And so you need to be sharing that and as they shared that there had to be some people there had to be some people that were that thought they were crazy or thought they were weird or strange but still they had to share that. And this clip is about one that could not see into that other realm and so he did think. He did think that Edmund and Lucy were strange and he belittled them for it. I mean he, he was a brat and that's actually how the dawn treader begins and this is one of the clips from the movie that is uh, premiering this week. Lucy, have you seen the ship before? Yes. It's very Narnian looking, isn't it? Yeah. Well, just another reminder that we're here and not there. There are once were or two orphans who wasted their time believing in Narnian nursery rhyme. Not so fascinating about that picture anyway. It's hideous. Edwin, it looks like the water's actually moving. What rubbish, see? That's what happens when you read all those fanciful novels and fairy tales, of yours. Edmund the painting! <sighs> oh, just smash it on the smashable thing! No, Jesus! No! Help me! Let go! Oh, no. oh. Behold our castaways, King and Queen of Narnia. So they're back in Narnia now. Uh, And uh, they're introduced. These these, these are the king and queen of Narnia from the from the years ago when they were here, and so they're back in Narnia. And they wanted to be back in Narnia. I mean, that was what Edmund wanted when he was standing there looking at the picture. He said, "It's just a reminder that we're here and not there." He wanted to be in this place. He he desired to be in this place. And you know why? Because here he was just a little brother. That's what he was. He was Peter's little brother. You know, he was the Pipsqueak. You know, Peter was the one. He was. You know, Peter was. Really, I mean, he was the pretty one. He was the, the handsome one. You know, he was the one that could get everything done. And, you know, Edmund, really, Edmund, he's... He, I mean, he's kind of the guy, you know, you'd want to smack most of the time. The, the stuff would come out of his mouth. And that's who he was. But, but in Narnia, I mean, how... he. I carried that to that point of the, that clip so that you would see. Uh, it wasn't actually in the clip that they sent us. I was able to find it in one of the trailers. But I wanted you to see this as it, as it went on there. They, they also introduced the king and queen. And what did everybody do? They bowed down to them. You see, Edmund wanted to be there in this other place because it was a place of honor. It was a place of respect. It was a place of belonging to him. You see he he didn't he felt like he didn't belong in this world It's like he always struggled with the, the stuff that was going on he didn't really fit you know he was the little brother or the little this and he was always messing up and, and everything and so he didn't fit with this and, and so he, he wanted to be in Narnia because it was the place he fit Anybody, Can anybody draw a parallel there? There's a lot of days I don't fit here. You know, there's a lot of junk going on. I don't fit with this stuff, but there's a place. Come on, amen. There's a place. Now, there's a great place coming one day, but I don't have to just wait for that because even today, I can be in his presence. I can be in his spirit, and and I can find this other realm to live in because I know that living in this other realm, in there, there is grace. There is mercy in this other realm. There is forgiveness. There is strength for all these battles that I'm having to put up with and I'm having to face and, and, and all the... The, the questions that I have, there are answers in this other realm. There, there are there are answers to my doubts. There are answers to all the all the questions that that people bring to me. All these things that I have, and, and yeah, there's belonging as well. I understand I belong in that because that's a place where I can really truly connect to God. But this Eustace, this brat, you know, and and uh, it's, it's really cool. Wish I wish I. Brought the uh, quote with me. If I'd uh, written it down, I'd love to bring the quote. You just read the first line of of, uh, of the story and how it introduces how it introduces Eustace. But this brat, he sees. What does he see? He walks into the room and they're talking about. They're talking and looking at it, and, and all he sees is a picture. He doesn't even like the picture. Thinks it's an ugly picture, and he he just all he all he can see is just a picture. And then when something begins happening out of the ordinary, he wants to smash it. He wants to destroy it. You know, isn't it, isn't it interesting how, how when things begin happening that you know, aren't in our norm, we immediately want to do what? We want to destroy it and get back to the norm. What, you know, your norm is what we read in Galatians just a few moments ago the dissensions, the arguing, and the bitterness, the strife, all of that stuff. That's your norm. Why, why destroy the thing that's trying to bring you into something that is not your norm? Open, open up your eyes and see. But all he could see was a picture. And I thought how, how symbolic he is of people all over the world today that are going to church. And they walk in a room and, and pe- they walk in a room and people are talking about, oh, this is the presence of God wonderful in here? And all they see is a picture. I mean, they sit, and, I mean, today you sat and, and, and you watched and you heard this. And, and if you're not careful, this is just a picture. Like Eustace, the worship was just a picture. The message is just a picture to you, an audible picture. The, the prayers that we've prayed so far are just, just a picture. But you've got to find a way to reconnect with that spirit. You've got to find a way to not just see the picture, but you've got to do what they did. Is you've got to find a way to become part of the picture. And that's what happened is when, because Lucy and Edmund, they could see not just the picture, they could really see, they could see what was going on. The picture began to engulf them. The other realm began to engulf, they found themselves in Narnia all over again because it began to engulf them. And and the reason was this, is because they were able to look at more than just the picture. Now, now I I gotta say this to you, uh, just another little thing about this, this whole, Chronicles of Narnia is they they went this is the third time that they went to Narnia and all three times they had to go a different way. They couldn't go through the wardrobe anymore. They stepped back in the wardrobe and knocked but they couldn't go through the wardrobe anymore. They couldn't go the way they went in the second story Prince Caspian. They had to go a different way this time. And so they weren't looking. And here's here's just the thing I want to caution you because it's so easy sometimes for us to for us to look at something and say, "Oh, that's the song. That's the song that gets me in the spirit world." No. It's not the song. That's why God wants to do it a different way because He doesn't want you looking for a song. He wants you looking for Him. And that's what they were doing as they were looking. Did you see, hear what Edmund said? He said, Lucy, have you seen this picture? He noticed something different. And what did she She said it out loud. She said, yeah, very Narnian, isn't it? They saw within it because they had their eyes open. They were looking for the place of that they could have their next connection with God. They were, they were anticipating it. Like, you know. And that's like a few people that come to churches all across the world today is they walk in the doors looking for... An opportunity to connect with God. And if you're looking for that opportunity, you know, you won't even have to work at it. It'll just happen. It'll, that, because that opportunity, the spirit realm will then just engulf you. And that's what God wants to do is he wants to engulf you with this. I I, I got to quit. I got to finish. I got one last clip for you. And uh, I love this. I told, you, I told you Edmund was one of those boys that you just want to slap across the back of the head every once in a while for something stupid he did or said. But I love his spirit. I love your spirit. Just this last clip, this one of Edmund. Are you sure you're 18? Why, do I look older? Edmund, you're supposed to be helping me with the groceries. (laughs) Better luck next time, eh, Squirt? (laughs) Squirt? I'm a king. Not in this world. Hmm. Just a quick clip there, just to share that with you. Edmund, he was a king. He had been in war. He had had a, a sword strapped to his side. He had been in battle, and then he had ruled. He had reigned as a king. Now, he comes back to this world, and he's just nobody. But he's striving, striving. I've got to become the king that I know that I am. But this world would have none of it. And so when he was complaining to Lucy, he said, but I'm a king. She said, but not this world. You understand that? It won't happen in this world. It will never happen in this physical world. Let me just tell you, straight up with you. You have the spirit of a king inside of you. Every one of you is the spirit of a king. Something that wants you to be a king, wants you to be a queen. It's something that God put inside of you. He has given you the spirit, the DNA of a king. But you'll never have that spirit of a king come out and become who you're supposed to be in this world. And as long as you're still following the rules of this, this fleshly existence, this physical realm, as long as you're following these rules, it'll never happen. You've got to fight. Hmm. Do you hear that? Are you waiting on it? Oh, I just, I, I, just, I just hear that in my spirit of God just calling to someone right now. Say, here's your opportunity. But you're still saying, oh, I can't do it because. Come on, what's the because? What's, what? Finish the sentence. That's a physical realm rule that is keeping you from living as a king. You got to put down all those physical realm rules. They say, "But I can't do this because you got to get rid of that rule." And you got to reconnect with the spirit world because you are a king. You have a king inside of you. You need to aren't, Is anybody here tired of living like a slave to everybody else's ideas and attitudes and this world's ideas and attitudes and, and anger and all the stuff that we read in Galatians just a few moments ago? Is anybody tired? Of living like a slave to that stuff? You need to be because you're supposed to be living as a king. Stand with me, if you will. Would you come to the front? Let's close in prayer. Come on, everyone, if you will. Press in. Focus right now. Look for the picture. Come on, look for your next portal. It's right here. It's right here somewhere. Look for your next opportunity, the wardrobe to connect with the Narnian world, your spirit realm. Look for your next opportunity, the picture. But don't just, here, if you're not careful, what you're going to do is you're going to watch me pray. You're going to watch them sing. And you're going to walk out the door like bratty old Eustace. But don't just see the picture. Become part of the picture embrace it say that we're going into worship right now we're going to talk to god we're going to sing to him we're going to pray to him that's the place where you're going to begin to 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 realize the kingship that god has given you it's not in this world and, the, and you've got to leave this world but listen don't forget this point okay you've got to leave this world as far as this this as far as the spirit worship that we've got. them. I and we can close our eyes in just a moment. Go ahead and close your eyes. We can close our eyes right now so that we don't see the physical world. We've got this building kind of wrapped around us so that that physical world is not bothering us too much. But it's hard to completely shut off everything, but we've got to do everything we can. We'll have to leave this in a few moments. We'll have to open our eyes again. We'll have to get back out there. But right now, Open your spiritual eyes And look beyond the picture Look deep into that picture And see if you're not seeing an opportunity For God's mercy and grace To just engulf you today If you're not a Christian You've never known Jesus Christ As your Savior All it takes today Is saying Christ I want you to be my Savior I believe you died for me On the cross of Calvary And you shed your blood For the forgiveness of my sins And I want you to be my Savior that's all it takes and that will be your first portal into the spirit realm your personal Narnia to get there come on every one of us look into this look into the picture look deep into the picture look into his eyes today into the eyes of the Savior the King of Kings the Lord look deep look deep Jamie's going to lead us in a final song but don't start singing until you finish this Look deeper. Come on. Become part of the picture today. Become part of it. Let it engulf you today.